Hi there guys and welcome to another episode of Muddy Musings. Peter and I are coming to you live from Muddy Musings HQ today where it's really, really quiet because we're missing Scott. Can you hear the silence in the background? A little too quiet. Total silence. Normally it's chaotic, there's clattering, there's banging. That's normally Scott running through the door at breakneck speed because he's late. But tonight, there's there's none of that at all. So we've got a sort of calm over Murray Musings HQ this evening. Peter and I are having a drink, we're discussing the US Open... And we're really uh, looking forward to getting your thoughts on our thoughts about the US Open. So I'm here with Peter. Peter, my man, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, I spiked my coffee uh, with Kahlua's salted caramel. have salted caramel syrup already in here, so it's a salted caramel fest. It's just like a little treat in a Mm -hmm. cup, isn't it? That sounds Mm -hmm. awesome. I've got a little gin going on here. I say little, it's a double. Mm -hmm. It's a double. It's definitely a double. Um, I'm just warming myself up for Monday mm-hmm. really because I think I'm going to need at least oh maybe three or four double gins to get me through Monday evening I feel that because what is happening on Monday I hear you say pray tell Andy Murray is playing a tennis match at the US Open but um yeah let's talk about who he's playing let's just get straight into the nitty-gritty of what's happening on Monday and how utterly devastated and anxious and yet also optimistic slightly optimistic question mark yeah, yeah. about or, or you know how we're feeling about this like he's playing Stephanos Tsitsipas the world the world number th- is he world number three is I he honestly actually, don't yeah? know and I don't care about the world rankings right now but, I know so they're dropping off like well so, they yeah. just dropped off after Cincy right so he's seeded three anyway, okay, yes. whether whether he's world number three or not. He's seeded three uh-huh. and this has been touted as the big blockbuster match, the one to watch, the cannot miss match of the US Open first round. And of course it fucking is. Of course it's Andy Murray getting this draw, this type of draw again. How are you feeling about it? Well, I asked um, if I can and should curse before this podcast um and i want to i I just want to curse so that's how i'm feeling how are you feeling yeah well i mean i've already dropped an Mm f-bomb in the the recording already so Mm -hmm. yeah that's an indication of how i'm feeling but when when i actually saw the draw i was like index finger and thumb close together to just like throwing my computer out the window Mm-hmm. I, I was I was that I was like that gif of the monkey sitting at his desk of like the chimp mm-hmm. sitting at his desk which pushes the the laptop away from it because I was so pissed off I was like how is this happening to him again 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 like is it is it rigged is it being done on purpose and like obviously you you know we we make we make our jokes like my, my I made my coffee mug joke Mm-hmm. About for the person who ever rigged the draw, you can come and collect this, and then you can fuck off with it. Um, <laughs> but like, it does make me wonder: is is there some sort of system whereby they ensure 
that a certain player, in this case, Murray, who's a big draw, gets another highly ranked player mm-hmm. to ensure a big match. Yeah. To ensure a big turnout. Because, like, regardless of the fact that Andy's, like, world number 114, he's a big draw. Mm-hmm. Andy Murray is a big effing draw yep. for anyone who is a tennis fan. For most people, I get that. I get that there are some people out there who don't like them. I don't get why, but I get that there are some people out there who don't like him. Um, but for like ninety five percent of tennisdom, money's a big draw, yep. right? So why him though? Why is it always him? Not always, but it has been for the past it like just two years. Sucks after his comeback. He's you know, gotten Stan and Felix and so many others that have been a little too tough, to be mm-hmm. honest, in the first and second rounds. You know, I just, you, I don't like it. I don't like it. No. <laughs> I look, there's quite, there's a few people that I've had conversations with on Twitter about this and they've said, like, that it really is an unfair draw and and a lot of people are saying, you know, it's not even down to bad luck. Like, it's it is unfair. And they believe that without that first round match, Andy would go far mm-hmm. in the tournament. So, like, their thinking is he'll go out in the first round. And if it hadn't been for that, he would potentially make it into week two. And I can, you know, I get that. I'm tr- but I, I'm genuinely trying to remain optimistic here because like let's face it Steph's had a few ups and downs recently and I think I think a lot of the the issues that Steph has been having in his tennis is he's coming up with some he's coming up against some psychological barriers Mm -hmm. um and so is is he got is there something in, in his head that's just not getting him past certain points does he does he drop a set and then that's it like he just he's got a mental block there's a barrier that just won't allow him to to hit back I mean I see I'm just trying to think on what he's done since the French Open you know like with the the French Open which he should have won yeah I think there's just too much pressure on him and, yeah. and I think that he needs to find a new coach because his dad is not doing it yeah, there's a lot of lot of lot of opinions around Steph's dad as his coach, isn't there? Mm-hmm. A lot of um, texting issues. I was just about to ask if you wanted to go there. Um, I mean, I don't know if whatever's been said is true or not. Um, but apparently, he did take uh, Stephanos did take his bag to change his yeah. clothes to the bathroom. Yeah. His phone was in his bag, and yeah. there's allegations. Allegedly, um, allegations that have been made that he texted his dad slash coach um, to talk about the match that shall not be named. Because <laughs> he, he he it was like an it was like an eight minute bathroom break, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. He took, mm-hmm. and his his dad was seen looking whether he was texting or not. His dad was seen holding his phone and looking down at it. Mm-hmm. 
the, during that time. The thing is, he? like all throughout the Cincinnati uh, tournament, uh, Western and Southern Open, he has taken lots of bathroom breaks to change his clothes. And it was humid. I was there for it. And I was actually um, doing statistics and logging um, in a control room, just watching the matches. And I'm like, okay. He's taking four or five minutes, but like that time, I was actually um, watching it on court um, in the photograph, uh, photography pit. So anyway, <clears throat> I was just like, okay, this is taking way too long. And it, it just seemed odd. It just seemed like what's, what's different about it. So yeah, yeah, I'll just end any allegations right there from my side i'm not going to speculate but that's just what's been said do many players go to the bathroom to change their clothes well i mean we famously have our andy murray saying that he can't get his nuts out on the court for a medical timeout Um, so... Yeah, but, like, that is different. Like, he can take it, he can pull his shorts down without having to, like, expose his nuts. I think there was actually (laughs) someone that was reprimanded for taking his shirt off, um, at the Western and Southern Open, which was weird. Was that right? Yeah. Um, I forget who it was, um, but I I know it happened. I remember there was, I remember there was a WTA player. Mm -hmm. Cannot remember who. Was that Cornet? it might have been uh-huh. who was reprimanded for taking her top off uh-huh. and putting on a fresh one on court. Yeah, because she had she was wearing a bra. Yeah, underneath. sports bra. Like obviously yeah. she's wearing a bra. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And her, she made a point of well, how the men can do it. Exactly. The men literally do it all the time. They go, they sit down, they take their tops off, they put another one on. They're not wearing any form of sports bra. Mm-hmm. They're showing their nipples on TV. Mm-hmm. So why is it not right for me, who's wearing a very substantial sports bra, mm-hmm. to take my t-shirt off and get another one? Mm-hmm. That I mean that that's like that. Be like if you know, like if Andy got his nuts out in court. Yes, I could see the uproar over yeah. that. But like, what's the deal with like it's a sports bra? Yeah. It just seems a bit odd. How did we, how did I get on the topic of sports bras when? <laughs> I think the thing is also that some people have taken quick showers. I don't know how they do it, um, but they take quick showers in between sets and everything. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you can change your clothes and all, but like, uh, I, I just, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know how someone could do that. Like, um, like I thought it I was can, like four or five shower. minutes. I can shower quickly, uh-huh. yeah. Like when I, I, back in the good old days when I lived in Australia, there was a severe drought, and so you you literally had like the government issued, like little egg timers to every household. Wow. Yeah, that you were only supposed to have like a three minute shower, so like when you get into the shower, you put your egg timer on, and like that was it. When it went run out, that was you. You were supposed to have done. So I, I like I have mastered the art of showering very quickly. Okay. Years, obviously, unless I'm washing my hair. But mm-hmm. even still, like I don't know if I could do it between sets. Like, could you still need to dry? Yes. And like get your clothes back on. And yes. and the one thing I can't deal is like if I've had a shower and my skin feels clammy and damp, trying to put clothes on over mm-hmm. clammy damp skin. Mm-hmm. It's just. And in that heat, I would just start sweating again immediately. Exactly. So, like, I would, it would be rendered useless. Yeah. 
I am um, just speaking of that. So like I'm kind of I'm I'm going to backtrack a little bit to Winston Salem and Andy Murray. Um, I listened to Behind the Racket podcast mm-hmm. the other day. Obviously, we've had the wonderful Mike Cation on Murray Musings, and it was um his podcast with Noah Rubin mm-hmm. entitled Lucky Loser. And I don't know if you've listened to it, Peter. So they were chatting about what happened on the day when Andy played Noah at Winston-Salem. Uh-huh. Um, and basically, he was saying that he was given from the time that he came off court... Was it Lloyd Harris he played? Uh, it was the, um, Lucas uh, Pui. And I think oh, it was like Pui. 20 it minutes, was, right? He was saying from... Yeah, from the time he came off court to the time he literally started playing against Andy... It was 35 minutes in total. Oh, 35, excuse me. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, I barely had time to shower mm-hmm. and like have something to eat and get a drink and mm-hmm. have someone like rub my arms and my legs down. I'm like, yeah, like that's like 35 minutes for me would just be like in a normal morning, just like getting up and <laughs> and like not going and playing another tennis match in that time. Mm-hmm. Have we discussed that actually? Have we actually discussed on another podcast Andy and Noah we haven't have we We've, this is our first recording since Winston-Salem isn't mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. so can we before we start like really getting into the the nitty-gritty of the US Open oh yeah let's do can that. we talk about Andy at Winston-Salem Andy was doing wonderfully with how high he was jumping into his serve Um, that I think it was the um, Winston-Salem Open's Twitter account that took a photo of how high he was jumping into the serve. Um, And I think it was either them or somebody else that tweeted out, like, Air Andy, like Air Michael Jordan. Um, And I was just, like, perfect. Yeah. he was, Perfection. he was, and and it it was like it was the most incredible shot to have captured as well. Mm-hmm. He looked amazing, like he was about three feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and was it was it Maritz was it Maritz Safin commented on it? Oh, I didn't see that. Was it Maritz Safin? Who? Oh my God, was it? Am I just like plucking Maritz Safin's name out of thin air? But like someone commented, another tennis player commented on it, saying. Like, not bad little guy. Aww. Or something like that. I feel like and Andy Roddick and him have had some uh, messages back and forth lately, so but I don't I know don't about think, I don't. I don't think it was Andy Roddick. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andy was like... Andy was like, I'm, I'm literally three feet off the ground. Like, I'm going to try and find it because it, it was pretty funny. Aww. Maybe it was Marty Fish. I love oh. Andy being back on social media. It was Marty Fish. It was. It was Marty Fish. Okay. And he responded. So Winston Salem tweeted, "Hey Andy," with that beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. And Marty Marty Fish responded with, "Get up there, little guy." Aww. <laughs> Marty's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was yeah. So he in Winston Salem, I thought he looked amazing. And I saw a couple of people saying, oh, I thought it was that he was playing brilliant, but is it because his opponent was absolutely gubbed? I'm like, well, I think it was a bit of both, to be yeah. honest. Like, you know, you need to you need to 
to respect the fact that Ruben had just had literally just played a three set match mm-hmm. and would have been tired. Mm-hmm. But you also need to give credit where credit's due to Andy because I think even if Ruben had been firing on all cylinders, he still wouldn't have beaten him. Yeah. Andy was he was outstanding. The forehand looked good. He was he yep. was good. His movement was brilliant. Yes. In a lot of the matches that we've seen with Andy recently, you'll see things like, oh, looking, like watching that back, there was flashes of vintage Murray mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. here and there. But I felt like in that match, there was a lot of vintage Murray. Yep. It wasn't just the, the odd shot that you're like, oh, wow, that's like, that's like insane. That's 2010 Murray. That's 2013 Murray. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was a lot of that going on in the match against Ruben. So, a lot, a lot of positives from that. The match against Tiafo, I felt, uh, that was heartbreaking, to be honest, the match against Tiafo, because having, was it two set points or three set points they had? I think two or three, first, that sounds right. In that first I don't know set, if it was three, but it was too many, to be honest. It, well, I mean, overall in that game, I think he probably had six Five or six set points. Because really? didn't they go... Yeah, I'm sure didn't they go from, like, juice to advantage to juice to advantage okay. to... Okay. I'm sure that they, they, they went back and forth on that a few okay. times. But he definitely... He was... I'm sh- I, I think he was... I think he was 15-40 up. So he had, like, two opportunities immediately... Yes. ...to get the break and get the set. Um, And it was just... That was really frustrating that he couldn't convert that. And I just, I just had a feeling when it went to the tie. I knew after that it was going to go to a tie break. Mm-hmm. And I just had a feeling we were going to get a repeat of what happened against Hubie in yep. Cincy. Yep. And I just really, really hope that doesn't happen at the US Open. Let me so, oh, take a, let me get this, another sip of my drink <laughs> as I contemplate that. But, like, I do think... A bit like, a bit like against against Hubie Sensei. We've got a lot of positives to take away from it because he wasn't he wasn't crushed by Tiafo. Mm-hmm. You know he played well and he he fought really hard in that first set in particular. And I think if he'd won that first set, the second set would have gone differently. But I think he was oh. like I think he was pissed off with himself in the yep. second set. And that's perhaps something that he's going to have to work on mm-hmm. to not get inside his own head because that's now happened twice. Because I think that was also the case against Hubie in mm-hmm. Cincy where he mm-hmm. was so pissed off because he knew he should have won that first set. And he let himself think about it a little bit too much in the second set. Yep. And then again, the same against Tiafo. Because you could see him, you could see him getting frustrated. and. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like with Andy, he's still not quite, even after all these years, he's still not quite found that, like, mental calm. Yeah. Where he can sort of, like, just... Stop being a perfectionist. Yeah. Just block it all out and just focus on, okay, this is what I do. And I'm fucking good at it. Mm-hmm. Just go to the can, next and, point. I can, uh-huh. I can win this. Mm-hmm. Just focus. And I think 
over the years, that's been one of the biggest differences between Andy and Djokovic, for example. Because, mm-hmm. oh, listeners, if you can see Peter's face right now, if he had a knife, he would stab me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make comparisons to somebody who might get 21 major titles this year. Yeah, and but, but if, if Andy, Andy had the who's same... being too much of a perfectionist. If, if Andy had had more of the same sort of like... I'm just going to block this shit out and I'm not going to focus, like you say, on being a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to focus on getting the job done, which is what Novak does a lot of the time. He just gets the job done. Mm-hmm. It's not particularly pretty tennis, but he gets the job done. Yeah. Novak might only have like 10 slams. That's all I'm saying. He could but, have five or six less. But, you know, Novak drinks his magic water and he mentally prepares himself and I, and I just I, I feel like I, yeah I feel like I want Andy to just go back to like 2016 Andy mm-hmm. mentality mm-hmm. because I felt like in 2016 nothing phased him yep nothing phased him at all like he could be he could be down two sets and he'd be like Do you know what I'm still gonna beat you yep I'm just letting I'm just I'm just warming up yep <laughs> I'm just warming up love it but I feel like right now he's he's too like. He he just wants to be back so much, playing so much, and mm-hmm. he's he's scrabbling, and he believes that he's playing at like. Fifty, you know, like top fifty. Yeah. Level. Yeah, when he said that he's playing at like top fifty, right? That I was yeah. like, okay, he's back, and yeah. he's going to get better. So it's just so, a matter so he, of time. Yeah, so he believes that. So he's also probably desperate to prove it mm-hmm. so is the it's, it's, it seems like an odd thing to say like is there too much fight there's no such thing as too much fight but like does he need to just relax a little bit yeah yeah so andy if you're listening just relax and <laughs> in my, in, in my enjoy your tennis you can do <laughs> it we opinion. believe in you yep yep so let's talk about his chances at the u.s open Go ahead. How do we think he's how do we think he's gonna do? I so <clears throat> so I'm anxious, but like we said at the start as well, quietly optimistic because I do think that Andy has got the experience, the skills, the knowledge mm-hmm. to beat Steph. Yes. I, I genuinely think he's got it in him. And I don't think it's just about Steph having an off day. I think it's about the fact that Andy is good enough to win it. Yeah, his return is good enough. Yeah, Monday is going to be popcorn match. Interesting day. Yeah, it really is. I'm looking forward to it. I will be watching it behind my fingers. Like I'll be kicking out through mm-hmm. the gaps in my fingers probably the entire time. Might even go behind my sofa at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I will be uh watching um with popcorn um and coffee uh spiked with something. I don't know yeah. if it's going to be Kahlua or trying to get Mariah Carey's new Irish cream. Um Ooh. but Ooh. definitely going to be a night where I'm like the whole entire day like the matches are ridiculous. So I I'll, I'll yeah. just I'll just enjoy the start of the U.S. Open, yeah. and I'll just 
Let it go. Just Monday. Let it. Flow. Monday is quite a day, isn't it? Mm-hmm. At the US Open, like I think you know, you and I were discussing this earlier. I'm gonna need at least three screens mm-hmm. to get me through the day. So I'm thinking laptop, TV, iPads. Might need to pull up Prime on my phone at some point as well. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot going on. Yeah. It's a great time to be watching men's and women's tennis. Um, Did we want to go into the women's draw now? Let's or? have a look. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so let's we, do that. We've, we've picked our top five. They're not in any particular order, but these are like our, our top five first round matches that we think are going to be really great ones to watch. And, and the, the first one that I'm going to mention here is also an outrage as well as a great match because it's just not in this in this world that we're living in, it's outrageous that Sloane Stevens and Madison Keys are playing each other in the first round yeah. of a Grand Slam. I'm really, really pissed off about that because... I absolutely love Sloane Stevens. I think she's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think Madison Keys is great as well. And I just think it is absolute garbage. garbage. That only one of them is going to go through to the second round. Yeah. Two great ladies. I saw Sloane and tried to root her on at Court 10, the graveyard court at Cincy um, a week ago. And it was just like... I need Sloan to do well, um, especially at the U.S. Open. But I, I need her like to like feel something good on the court because she's so great off court, and so is Madison. And, and they're yeah. great ladies representing the United States, and, and that's what's important um, is to represent your country well and be proper. Um, yeah, and <clears throat> be a little bit. Of a, be a little bit better than the men that are um, representing. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. But I just like this matchup, but I just don't want it in the first round. I would have liked that as a matchup for, like, the semifinals or something. Yeah. You know, it's just, like, for the first round, it's just really... It's quite hard to swallow, to be honest. Um, I think he's is going to... I think Keys is going to pepper to the post. Mm. I think it's going to be Keys in the second round. I don't want it to be to happen, to be honest with you, but I, I could see that. I because... would, yeah, I'm I'm the same. I would I would rather it was Sloan. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I think it's going to be Madison for the win. I feel like Sloan deserves a bit and and almost like like Andy, I think Sloan deserves a bit better luck. Yeah. When it comes to the draws. I think yeah. this has happened to her quite a lot recently. Yeah. Um and so yeah, I would just really like to see her go a little bit further. Um so I've got my fingers crossed for Stevens win, but I'm not I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be banking on it. Yeah. And I wouldn't be mad if Madison won. No. no. I mean she's they're, they're both really likable, so and like you say Great girls doing great things for their country. Mm-hmm. So I suppose you just have to be pleased with whoever it is, but it's disappointing that it's not going to be both of them. Yeah. It's one of those matches where you are just like, oh, can they not just both win? Like, yeah. you know. It's... it's not like some matches where I'm like, can they both lose? Yeah, I mean, I have that <clears throat> a lot. I've had that a way lot. too much this year. Yeah, yeah. So who else? So that's, so that's a... 
Sloan and Madison. So moving on, um, our next pick was Osaka and Buskova. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know much about Buskova, but I think you've done your research, haven't you? Um, you, you know a little I've bit. I've done a little bit of research. Um, Naomi um, has played uh, Marie uh, Buskova. Um, they played each other at the Aussie Open. Um, Osaka um, beat her 6-2, So I, I think Buskova is a good player. I think it will be a good match. But hopefully Naomi will win it. I want Naomi to go far. Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope Naomi will win. I just I feel like Naomi needs to go far for herself more than anything. Mm-hmm. I was convinced, utterly convinced, she was going to win the Olympics. Yes. And I was gutted for her to go out in the second round. Mm-hmm. So, I really think that she, with everything that she's gone through, I think it would do her good. To get to just have that really victory on court again, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, I would like to see Naomi go far to to see her go at least to the round of three to face uh, Yulia Putinseva. I think Ooh, just to yeah. be messy um, would be fun. Osaka beat Poots in Osaka, Japan. Um, it is three one for Poots, but they haven't played since two thousand nineteen. Um, so I would love that matchup. Um, yeah. And I would love, of course, for Naomi to win that, to go to the fourth round. So So who could who could she potentially get in round two then? Um, she could get um, Alicia Parks. Um, or, oh, sorry, I have the printed draw out and it says qualifier. But do you have that up? I, I do not, Pierre. Okay. And, you know, normally we could rely on Scott. Mm-hmm. to have these sort of things up normally we could Scott's the organized one let me just scroll um, down Oop. but yeah this time around in case our listeners haven't realized we're missing scott today we are he's, he's not here and that's why we sound so disorganized because we don't have scott to keep us in check so scott we're missing you hope you're having fun we'll tell you the reason why he's not here is because he is helping a friend oh no they've got friends coming over tonight so scott has realized that um he needs to like tidy himself up like brush his hair make himself look presentable yeah that's what scott's doing this evening (laughs) he's trying to make himself look half decent for his pals I don't blame him. Don't blame him it's always at nice all. To look, it's always nice to look nice, isn't it? Have you found it yet, Peter? Um, I on, Peter. am actually researching something. Um, <laughs> because... This is what happens in Money Musings HQ. We do research while we're recording. Yeah, I have no idea who this person is. And I feel bad. Um, but I, I just... I just don't know... Um, oh, okay. So... Okay. Oh, here we are. We've got it. <clears throat> so, there's Olga, and my apologies to her last name, because I'll butcher it. Mm-hmm. Danilovich? And, and that sounds reasonable enough. Um, I, at first, thought that she was <clears throat> the mixed doubles partner that uh, <laughs> Novak teamed up with. And Ooh. sadly, uh, he had to 
drop out of the mixed doubles uh, bronze medal match um, uh, <laughs> with Nina Stoyanovich yeah. was his partner. Um, yeah. uh, something just happened where he just could not play. Um, but anyway, uh, Olga or um, the other lady who I literally just, uh, Alicia Parks, excuse me. Okay, um, yeah. So yeah. Okay, so yep. sounds, by the sounds of it, it could be, if she gets through to round two, yeah. by the sounds of it, a no qualifier or it could be a reasonably sh- straightforward second round for mm-hmm. her. Yep. But she has to, yeah, obviously she has to get through the first round first, obviously, Claire. So, yeah, so anyway, so that's, <laughs> that's Naomi. Um, and moving on, we uh, had to look at Golubic and Andrescu. Yes. Andrescu. So, I am excited about this match, like no other. Um, so, of course, uh, Victoria Golubic, she's done well. Um, she's uh, played doubles with uh, Belinda Bencic, so a Swiss uh, lady. Um, she's a finalist in Lyon and Monterey. Um, and of course, so she's won the silver medal in doubles with Belinda when she, uh, was trying to win gold in both singles and doubles. Um, so, uh, she's got 44 wins and ranked 46. So that's going to be a great match. Yeah. Yes. And, and it's been kind of like, it's been kind of up and down for Bianca Andrescu recently hasn't yes. it so mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be interesting to see how she comes into this match and how she approaches it yeah um I don't really have anything else to say on that one other than I'm looking forward to watching it mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to Bianca's dog being there apparently uh the dog is credentialed so <gasps> it's so cute that's amazing so cute that's amazing. I feel like Andy should be getting credentials for Rusty and Maggie Mae. Yes. I would love that. I think that, yeah, I think that would be absolutely phenomenal. Also, it would give Kim a bit of a break from having to look after four children and two dogs. Fair enough. You know, just take dogs with you, Andy. Don't be so selfish. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> Our next match, which I'm buzzing for, I am buzzing for is Emma Raducanu yes. and Jennifer Brady. Emma. So excited for this. Emma's like absolutely smashed her way through qualifiers and didn't just like play well, played absolutely amazing mm-hmm. to get through and I genuinely I fancy her chances against Jen Brady. Yeah. I, I could see it. You know like okay I know Brady's ranked 13th or she's seeded 13th um, she's got a good record, but Emma's just Emma's proven herself to not just be a flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, yeah, I really think that. Don't want to just. I don't want to just be like, yeah, she's she's Emma's going to win this, but I'm. She's going to give her a confident. fight. Yeah, I'm quietly confident. Um, the thing about the thing about Emma is she just like she's. She's so level-headed mm-hmm. in the way that she plays and, you know, she, she's she been well looked after. Yeah. There's, she's not had the pressure piled onto her and she's shown so much promise and potential and she is 
18 years old. Yeah. And the way she plays is technically sound. And yeah. as Halep and Lina are her role models, um, since she has a Romanian and Chinese background, <clears throat> it, it's, it shows. It shows how strong like her level is right now. And so yeah. hopefully she can beat Jen Brady, even though as an American she's playing on home soil. Um, so hopefully there's going to be a little bit of crowd, you know, rooting for Emma. So I'd love to yeah. see that. Yeah. Go on, Emma, you can do it. Yes. You can do it. Yes. And moving on to another amazing British qualifier. Now, I think it's worth saying we're not, we're not, we're only doing five um, from each side here. So we're, only, we're doing five from the WTA and five from the ATP. So this is our final one. Um, it's not to say that there aren't others that we obviously think are going to do amazing and are brilliant matches. It's just that we just don't have the time to go through all of them. Um, so we've picked another Brit. Um, and if you're not the Brit that we've picked, it doesn't mean we don't like you. We do. We love the Brits, obviously. So we have gone with Katie Bolter and Samsonova. Yes. Which is going to be... A tough fight. Quite, yes. Quite a match. It's going to be a hard one for Katie. But she's, you know, I think... I think Katie will be fired up. Yes. You know... Um, she played well in the qualifying to get through. She's been playing well in general, um, and I yeah I think she's gonna she's gonna go into it and she's gonna give her absolute best, and you just never know. Yep, nothing in life is guaranteed, especially in yep. sports, and so I think she's going to face Ludmila Samsonova, and I saw her play. Um, in Cincy. Um, she beat Blinkova, um, then uh, Vera Zavonareva, and then played uh, Vika Azarenka. And that match, um, Vika yeah. won 6-2-6-3, but it was a ball-bashing, like, really good, like, very gritty, like, street fight. It was good. I, I don't always think that the scoreline is an accurate representation of the level of tennis mm-hmm. that was played. You know, like a lot of people would see like a six two six three and be like, "Oh gosh, that was almost a walkover." But mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's a lot a lot goes into that, and so yeah, it's going to be that's going to be a. I'm looking forward to it, and I, I mean, obviously, I want Katie to win. Yep. Obviously, so I'll be back in Katie one million percent mm-hmm. to win that match. So fingers crossed for our. Uh, because that's going to be that's a tough one to to go into. Who do you think is going to win for the women? Who's your pick to win? The thing <clears> is, <throat> who I want to win and who I think is going to win. Eh, like I don't want to jinx people, and, and I love yeah. so many people. It's ridiculous. I think Ash is going to win. Um, yeah. I said in a tweet. Um, the aura of Ash after she won Cincy and when I saw her stroll out of the tunnel like walk right past me after she beat Kerber I was like she's undeniably number one in the world like on Wimbledon she can win the US Open and I I don't see anybody else really like saying hey you know I'm going to give you a huge fight 
Um, although, um, oh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing her up against Sabalenka or Svitolina just to see what's going to happen. Or even yeah. Kerber again. But, I mean, I I think Naomi would be in the final. I think Naomi versus Ash would be good. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But the that's, thing that's is, like I'm like <laughs> always thinking of the Mean Girls reference where she takes the crown and just like. Yeah. Just cracks it just a little and just says, here you go. You get a little bit. Cold, hard, you get a little bit plastic. So. You get some. You get some. I mean. Yeah. Even if Naomi doesn't win, but gets to the final, will be a win in my book. I'll just yeah. say that. So, yeah, so I would agree. I I, I kind of I struggle to see past Barty just now mm-hmm. as the winner, because she's just so good. Um, and I really like her as well, so I would be really happy if Barty won. Mm-hmm. And saying that, I would also be absolutely delighted if Naomi won. Um... But in my heart, I really want Emma to win. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, obviously, she's still young. She's growing into herself and technically into her body and everything. And I think she can win a lot of titles in the future. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Heart? Exactly. I mean, it, since some people haven't won the US Open yet, I'm like, again, just... Give it to so-and-so so they can win one. And then yeah. it's not her turn yet, personally, is what I'm thinking. But I hear you. So that's, yeah, that's our women's draw. It's going to be exciting. And now, now to the main. I mean, I know we've discussed the main event. Like, so everything else, who really cares? But, you know, we'll talk about it anyway. Yeah. So we've got, we've got, we've picked out, with, with the exception of Andy and Steph. So obviously that's our, that's our main attraction for... For this, we picked out five from the men's draw first round that we are quite interested in and excited about to see. The first one for me is RBA, Roberto Batista Agut versus Nick Kyrgios, if Kyrgios plays. Exactly. So with this one, it's always like, I always feel a bit kind of like I would never, I would never bet money on Kyrgios until he was literally on the court about to serve fair enough Um, because you just don't know and, and even then you don't know if he's going to be like hit a ball and go oh no I can't play anymore I'm done Um, especially after what happened in Winston-Salem where he literally pulled out like 15 minutes before he was due to play mm-hmm. so I think if, if this match goes ahead I think it'll be really good because obviously RBA is a great player. He's seeded. Kyrgios isn't. Mm-hmm. But he's also a phenomenal tennis player when he shows up and decides that he wants to play tennis. Yeah. Box office. So yeah. So I think I think if I think if Kyrgios has an on day, I think he'll win the match. Okay. I don't think it I think I I could see it being Kyrgios in five. Five. Yeah. I could see four or five. Yep. Um, but if he does what Nick does quite often, shows up just can't be arsed, it'll be RBA in three. Yeah. I saw the whole press conference after Nick pulled out and was explaining, hey, you know, having 
his whole entire left knee taped and everything saying that I'm sorry, but I just want to get ready for the U.S. Open. So he's ready to play majors again. He's ready to win. And I I think he can very well beat RBA. Yeah, I think so too. I'm look. I am looking forward to to that match. Um, yeah. Let's let's just let's see what happens there. Um, another match that we are both looking forward to is Taylor Fritz versus Alex Dimonor. Alex, yes. So, I've been a huge fan of Alex's for the longest time. He's got a three zero record against Fritzy. Um, yeah. and uh, I, sorry, but I think it'll be a secure good first round match for Alex. Yeah. Do you think Dimonor in three? Yep. The yeah, demon in three. With that. Yeah, yeah. The demon. Yep. Um, and then we've got our Olympic silver medalist, Karen Kachanov mm-hmm. versus Lloyd Harris. So I'd sort of unsure one for me. I think, I think Kachanov will take it. Yes. I think Kachanov will take it. I mean, Lloyd Harris has beaten Rafa. Um, he's done well this summer. Um, he went to the quarterfinals at the City Open in Washington. Um, he played Riley Opelka in three sets in the round of 16 at the Canadian Open. Um, and I I think it'll be a good match. Um, but I don't, I I think Hachanov will win in... (coughs) Three I'm good four. sets. Four? I think it'll be Tight. four. Yeah. 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 At least one tiebreaker. Yes. I was yep. gonna say I think one set at least one set will be a tie break. Yep. Gotcha. Um yeah, that'll be that'll be a good one to watch. Um I can't remember what day that is that one on in Monday? I honestly don't know. Like I looked I at the remember. schedule. Somebody yeah. tweeted out the whole entire thing and I didn't even like care to zoom in because of course there was another first round match that made me so mad that I'm like okay I kind of like glared at it and I'm like my old eyes just don't I I just don't have the bandwidth to see the rest of the first round I was the same like I I zoomed in and I was just like oh did you know I can't I can't like I can't do this to myself I can't um or Andy Murray's man who took him down but is just impossible to dislike Francis Tiafo against Chris Eubanks. Chris Eubanks. What? And Chris, the thing is, Chris and Tiafo, they have a really good relationship. Chris wanted to play against Tiafo. Much like Tiafo really respects Andy and wanted to play against him. The <coughs> thing is, in the first round, it's like, really? Do they yeah. have to? Yeah, because so, it would have been like third or fourth rounds. Yeah, no. I was fuming, and my other friends were fuming too, and... Um, one of my friends, uh, Chad, he loves Taylor and, or excuse me, he loves uh, Tiafo. I don't know why I said Taylor. <laughs> he loves, I was literally <laughs> looking at Taylor's name um, and I didn't even flip the page for the draw. Um, but he loves uh, Tiafo and Chris Eubanks. And so <clears throat> it's just like, I just. Yeah, that really is a hard one. And like, I'm the same, like I. I I think Tiafo will win. Yeah. I, I I want Tiafo to win. I do too. I'm bummed, bummed that Tiafo didn't win Winston-Salem. Yeah. 
after I got over, after I finally got over my heartbreak mm-hmm. of Andy losing, I was like, yeah, okay, Francis, I like you, so let's go on and win this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, obviously I don't want Francis to win the US Open because I want someone else to win the US Open, but I would like to see him go relatively far. And I think, okay, uh, no, I, I won't finish that sentence to not yeah, jinx him, but I, I think he has a good chance. Okay, and let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yes. Because I feel like, okay, so I feel like over recent weeks, we've got, I know you and I like to remain the optimistic ones mm-hmm. in Murray Musings HQ, mm-hmm. um, but I do feel like we've got quite excited about things of late. And we've been like, Andy's going to win. Andy's going to win. And I almost feel like we've jinxed him a little bit by being like, no, he's going to win. He's going to win. And like looking at his entire draw and who his potentials are. And so I'm not taking that stance this time. Mm-hmm. And I'm also not going to take that stance with players, other players that I like as exactly. well. So I'm just going to, going to keep my powder dry. Yep. On this one. And that is why, dear listeners, we are only looking at the first round mm-hmm. for each. Uh, and our final pick is Nori and Alcaraz. Yes. Cam Nori. Against Doing Carlos again. Alcaraz. It's going to be a good scrappy fight. Yes. And uh, I saw Carlos play just a little bit in Cincy. And <clears throat> he's a good guy. He can yep. play well, yep. but I think Cam can take him. I think Cam can take him, definitely. I, I'm i going to go with Cam in four sets. Okay, fair enough. I think, yeah, I think Alcaraz will get, I think Alcaraz will get the second or the third set. Mm-hmm. Nori will win, definitely win the first and obviously win the last because if he doesn't win the fourth set, then it's either going to five mm-hmm. or he's done it in three. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my that's my like really expert insight here. Uh-huh. I love it. I'm not going to predict that one because actually that one's nervous for me. Uh, I'm I don't want to jinx him, and I just want him to do well. Yes. Win or lose, do well. Yeah. 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 But when? But when? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when I said win or lose, I'm like, mm, but when? <laughs> and so, that's our five picks, on top of Andy and Steph. Peter, who's going to win the US Open on the main side? Andy. No, I'm kidding. I mean, <laughs> who I want to win obviously is Andy. Who's yep. going to win? I think. It will be a Novak Medvedev final. That's what I, I think. I think Medvedev yeah. is going to win in five <gasps> sets. Ooh. Ooh. So that's tasty. Yeah. So I mean, I've seen Medvedev play against Novak yeah, at the yeah. Cincy, uh, at the Western and Southern Open in Cincy, um, when he beat him in the semifinals a few yeah. years ago. Uh, I think. I mean, he's gone to five sets before at the U.S. Open. Why not this yeah. year? Yeah, so I, I actually feel the exact same as you, and that's, like, exactly 
I want Andy to win with all my heart, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. I literally want him to win absolutely everything that he goes into, whether it's a challenger in Mallorca <clears throat> or a slam in New York. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just want Andy to win everything because, yeah, I'm fucking greedy. And what? I want him to win. However, I think the final is exactly as you think it'll be. I think it'll be Novak and Medvedev. And, I mean, it's really, it is hard to see past Novak's, like, mental state and how he can just be like, actually, no, I'm not going to lose this match. Mm -hmm. We've seen him do it so many times. But I do think if it's... Novak Medvedev final. I do think Medvedev could take it. Yeah, I think he can. And the thing is, like Chris McHenry, um, an ESPN broadcaster, um, she tweeted out a quote from Novak saying that he's not like at an eleven. He's like at a twenty-one, thinking confidence rate. Like he's going to win, Um, and he very well may. And I mean, with that confidence going into a major you know, being possibly uh, getting the career um, slam. I I think he can do it, but would I prefer Medvedev? To be honest, yes. Um, (laughs) But I thought you were a Novandi fan. You got tagged. I mean... In a post on Twitter earlier. I mean, the thing is, for history and, like, (laughs) to rack up, like, another major title for him... He would go, obviously, to 21, if I'm counting correctly. And I think yep. that's good for him. Um, but I just... I honestly see Medvedev as the player to beat Novak. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I... I mean... That Medvedevil. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. So, <laughs> I, I, I could see... I could see it. Yep. Well... That's that for the US Open. That's it. It's done. It's done, guys. We're finished. That's it. We've made our predictions and to hell with this US Open draw because, quite frankly, it's a joke. It's a joke. I do want to talk about um, Andy Murray's statement where he was asked about uh, vaccines. Um, oh, I yeah. believe it was Ben Rothenberg that said, mm-hmm. I presume mm-hmm. you were aware of this development last night, whereby spectators are now being mandated to have a vaccine in order to enter the grounds. I'm wondering, do you think it's a sustainable position whereby some players are vaccinated and others aren't? And you have a situation in a stadium where you don't really know which players are vaccinated. From your point of view, sharing locker rooms and stuff like that, do you think it's sustainable? So Andy replies, yeah, I mean, over the next few months, things are going to probably end up changing quite a bit. I know the conversations with regards to the Australian Open and stuff are already happening. The players that have been vaccinated are going to potentially be able to, well, they're going to be having very different conditions to players who are not vaccinated. Yeah, I can see it's going to become an issue over the coming months. 
if tournaments are going to go ahead and be held like the Aussie Open, a lot of the tour is not vaccinated, but for them to go ahead and host it, they're going to be, yeah, allowing the players that have had the vaccination to train and move freely between the hotel and stuff, potentially not having to quarantine and things like that. Yeah, there is going to uh, have to be a lot of pretty long, hard conversations with the tour and all of the players involved to try and come to a solution. Yeah, like even here in New York, you've got the situation with gyms and stuff need to be vaccinated. Eating in restaurants and things obviously have to be vaccinated. I feel like I'm enjoying kind of a fairly normal life, whereas for the players that haven't, it's different. I'm sure they'll be frustrated with that. Ultimately, I guess the reason why all of us are getting vaccinated is to look out for the wider public. We have a responsibility as players that are traveling across the world. Yeah, to look out for everyone else as well. I'm happy that I'm vaccinated. I'm happy that more players choose to have it in the coming months. That's um, it's quite an interesting statement mm -hmm. from Andy. I, <clears throat> I almost I feel like, you know, if you read between the lines... He's basically saying, especially at the end there, when he's saying, you know, for the for the wider public, yep. it's sort of a, you know, please don't be selfish mm -hmm. and just get vaccinated. You know, is it does it really impact you that much yeah. to get a vaccine? So, yeah, and it's interesting about what he's saying about how different it is in New York for those who are vaccinated versus those who aren't yep. about going to the gym going to restaurants and how he feels like he's living because he's, he's double vaccinated so how he feels like he's living a relatively normal existence in New York like he can probably go out and like hang with his team and they don't have to stick to like really strict bubbles especially the way it was last year where they couldn't be basically couldn't even leave like their hotel compound yep. um Whereas there will be players in that situation in New York right now because they've not been vaccinated. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And, 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 you know, you wonder, like, do, do those players who are going through that right now, will they go, oh, it's just not worth it. Like, I'm not going through this again in Australia. Yeah. And just finally get vaccinated. Because yeah. as Andy was like, it's your responsibility as players traveling across yeah. the world. Like, why not? Like, <clears throat> what's the big deal? Yes. Yeah. Stefanos and Novak and a few others um, that aren't vaccinated. And I've re read a few um, tweets from players and uh, coaches and Mark Petchy and a few others saying that possibly the vaccination rate between the players is even less than 50%. And I find that shocking. Yeah, that really is. Yeah, that's that's bad. It's just, it's... To even 30%. And I was like, why? You know, like, tr trust trust science. Yeah. Like, we're not getting... We are, we are not getting injected with microchips. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, Bill Gates does not care that much about me and my house in Lindsay. It's just... Think about it, be rational, be logical. Vaccines had to come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. The very first vaccine ever to ever be invented had to start somewhere. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, 
okay, yeah, this one's probably been done a bit quicker than like notable vaccines, but there was a reason why it had to be done quicker. Because literally hundreds of thousands of people were dying. So yeah, just guys, you know, if you're listening, get vaccinated. I've I've had both. It's fine. It's totally fine. I was tired for just a little while and then it was fine. Yeah. And now it's uh, fully FDA approved, <clears throat> at least the Pfizer one is. I know um, Johnson & Johnson and Cheers. Moderna. Are... Cheers to Pfizer. <laughs> exactly. I'm a Pfizer, Pfizer guy, so why not? I'm a Pfizer gal. Uh-huh. Whoop whoop to the Pfizer. I saw a tweet um, saying, if you can trust Pfizer <laughs> with your Viagra and your penis, just yeah, just get your shot. <laughs> And that is where we'll leave that and move on. And as per Murray Musings HQ tradition over the recent slams, we have another little competition to run. Yes. Um. So for many of you, you'll remember that we did a little competition for the French Open. We did mm-hmm. the men's side of the draw. We then did a competition for Wimbledon with the women's side of the draw. And for the US Open, we are going to look at the, drumroll please, mixed doubles. A little bit different. Because just to mix the, it up, if yeah, you will. Yeah, just to mix it up. Because the beauty of the mixed doubles is, you're not necessarily going to know your parents until, like, a couple of days before mixed dub starts. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to get some, like random okay yeah actually we're going to play together um so it makes it i think mixed ups makes it a little bit more interesting because they're sort of like the bit less maybe a little bit more luck involved Mm -hmm. in the mixed doubles on picking who you who you think you're gonna who you think is going to get you through to the next round rather than being able to look back at their previous records because they might not have played together before and might have only played once together before. So, yeah, I think this is going to be quite an interesting one. So the same rules will apply. You are entering, essentially, a suicide pool. Uh, You pick the team you think will get you through to the second round, but then you cannot pick that team again. And to make it all the way to be considered a winner, you have to be able to pick a team in the final. So with our Wimbledon competition, we perhaps weren't totally clear on that and we ended up with just our eventual winner. Was She was the last woman standing, but she had already picked both players that were in the final. So technically wasn't able to pick a winner in the final, but it would have been really, really salty of us to have not given her the win, given that she was the only person left in the competition. But we think we're going to try and be a little bit stricter this time round, Peter, if you agree with me, that if you get, if you make it essentially to the final, like you pick your winner in the semi-final and they get through to the final, if you've already picked the other team that are in the final, you're out. You're eliminated. You must be able to pick a team in the final. Yep. 
to be in with a chance of winning. Um, and it's and a smaller got, draw, so I think yeah. that's fair enough. Yeah, it's a much, much smaller draw. And we've got another amazing present. Again, a present. <laughs> yeah, it's a present. Yeah. We've got we've got another amazing prize. Again, very, very generously donated um, by Kat Paints Pylons. Give her a follow on Twitter. She's at Paints Pylons. Um, and this one is uh, one of her incredible prints of Andy and Jamie. Um, so I'll put a picture of it up on Twitter, but it's it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, quite similar to the Andy one that we gave away for the Wimbledon draw, but this time we've got Jamie in there as well, which is another reason we decided to do the doubles because it's a shot from when they played a doubles match together. Um, so it kind of makes sense to give that away as a prize for the winning doubles team. So yeah, that's 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 our competition. I'll tweet out all the rules um on Monday probably. We've got a little bit more time on this one because the mixed dubs won't start until probably what Wednesday? Thursday Wednesday, yeah, I don't Thursday. Know, yeah. To be honest with you. Um but let me interject here real quick and let me make a prediction. This is obviously just hoping. Um almost uh the same Wimbledon um finalists. Uh, Joe Salisbury and yep. Harriet Dark, Harriet Dark. versus uh, Neil Skupski and Emma Raducanu. Ooh. I would they love play? that pairing. Are they huh? going to play mixed subs together? Oh, I have no idea who's playing. I have no idea. But I, I would love that, would that be whole entire final. That's like a, just like a total British final. Yes, of course I would do that. Yeah. So oh, anyway, yeah, that would be amazing. whoever wins, well, go, good guys. luck to Peter's them. Giving you, Peter's giving you a massive tip if that ever happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's us. That's been the US Open first round preview. Let's hope when we come back to you next week, we're still smiling. <laughs> well, Peter's, Peter's smiling now that I've said that. He wasn't smiling. I'm smiling ago. after I just slurped up a little bit more of my Kahlua and coffee. <laughs> um, but I coughed <clears throat> just a little bit um, because I will be smiling. Yes, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Very We're going optimistic. to be smiling when we come back next week to do our little um, mid-US Open analysis Fingers crossed, we're going to be smiling mm-hmm. for all the right for all the right reasons, and not smiling ironically because it's all going horribly wrong. But that's been it, guys. I um I hope you've enjoyed listening to our ramblings. I know it's not quite the same without Scott. It's been very quiet, and I feel like I've had to talk a lot to try and make up for the fact that he's not here. Because normally I get a break, a bit more of a break when Scott's here. Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I feel like Peter and I, we've managed to do quite a bit of talking this evening. We've, we've, we've filled it quite well and my mouth is very dry, so I'm going to go and pour myself another drink. So that's that. This superstar over here has been Peter. I've been Claire. Hope you've enjoyed listening, guys. Thanks for getting this far. We have been Murray Musings signing off. Over and out. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.